Ramaya Namaha Seated on the Divine Throne Wearing divine clothes and garlands With gracious glances they looked at each other Canto 9 Return to Ayodhya Next morning Vibhishana came to Rama and said I have brought perfume water for your coronation bath and sandal paste and silken clothes. Please accept them and make me happy. Rama smiled and said, You may offer all these precious things to Sugriva, for my thoughts are all with my dear brother Bharata. The way back to Ayodhya is long and hard, and the fourteen years are coming to a close, and Bharata has sworn that he will take his life if I do not reach by the end of the stipulated time. Vibhishna said, My lord, I'll help you to reach in a single day. My brother Ravana took the aerial vehicle called Pushpaka from his brother Kubera. It was his prized possession. Please accept my hospitality for a few more days and then you can return to Ayodhya in this vehicle. Rama was touched by his devotion and said, Vibhishna, I am well aware of your love for me, but my heart yearns to return to Ayodhya and see my brothers and mothers and the people of Kosla, who must be anxiously awaiting my arrival. Please bring the Pushpaga immediately so that we can leave at once. The fantastic flower-bedecked chariot drawn by swans was brought in ready for their departure, and Rama, Sita and Lakshmana got into it. Even though the Pushpaga was as big as a palace, Rama sat with Sita on his lap, much to her delight, with Lakshmana beside him. He looked at Vibhishna, Sugriva and all the other Vandras and said, You have been my true friends. I do not know in what way I can repay you for the love and devotion you have poured on me. Sugriva, please return to Kishkinda with your army. My blessings will always be with you. Angada, my dear child, I can never forget your prowess. And as for you, O Hanuman, we owe our very lives to you. Now please give me leave to return to my own city. I have been in exile for so long that my heart yearns to return. Sugriva bowed low and said, Lord, please give us leave to come with you to Ayodhya. We promise not to indulge in any act of destruction as we monkeys are wont to do. After witnessing your coronation, we promise to return. All the others expressed the same desire. Rama smiled at their eagerness to accompany him, and they promised to behave themselves and said, I am delighted at the thought that I will enter my ancestral city, accompanied by those who have helped me most. Sugriva, ask your people to get in. Now Vibhishana also requested that he and his friends be allowed to accompany him. Rama gladly gave his consent, and the whole party got into the Pushpaga, and still there was enough place in it for another army. One of the most endearing things about Rama is his great love for all animals and birds. Monkeys, bears and birds wander in and out of the pages of the narrative, as if it was the most natural thing in the world. Rama's love and regard for his animal feathered friends shows another unique facet of his character. The divine chariot could hold all of them, and it rose into the air effortlessly. Celestial flowers rained from the sky as it rose up. The Vanara shouted, whooped with joy, peering over the edge of, to the ground below, which fell at an alarming rate. 
Sita's face glowed with happiness and beauty as Rama pointed out sights of interest to her through which they had wandered during their long and painful trek. The vehicle landed on the other side of the bridge so that Rama could worship at the shrine of Shiva which he had concentrated before he set out. At that time he had made a vow to the three-eyed Lord that he would return and pay his obeisance along with his wife Sita. After praying, Rama told Sita to have a good look at the wondrous bridge. There is the spot where the bridge was constructed. Now we come to Kishkinda to grieve us forces. Sita asked that the chariot may be brought down so that they could take Tara and Ruma, Sugriva's wives, as well as the wives of the other monkey leaders. So the chariot landed and the ladies joyfully joined the group. Later he pointed out Rishyamukha, the place where he had met Hanuman for the first time. There is Lake Pampa, filled with lotuses, whereas I was reminded of you so painfully, and where we met the old ascetic lady called Shabari. Oh, look, Sita, he said, there is our ashrama at Panchavati, where you were so cruelly captured. We abandoned it soon after, for I could not bear to stay there without you. He remained silent for a few minutes, reliving the painful scenes of that time, and Sita buried her face on his shoulder and wept. Later they passed Chitrakuta, where they had spent so many happy days together, and at last came to Bharadwaja's ashrama, where the Pushpaga landed. The sage requested Rama to take for the day and go the next morning. So Rama told Hanuman, I cannot refuse the request of the sage, so please proceed to Nandigrama and give Bharata all the news. If his face shows his disappointment at my return and his desire to keep the kingdom, please return and tell me. I will not stand in his way. Even the best of men may be tempted by riches, sometime or other. Hanuman flew to Nandigrama, assuming the guise of a human being. From above he saw Bharata, with matted locks and long beard, clad in bark and totally emaciated, for he had never paid any attention to his body for fourteen years. He had undertaken to guard the kingdom till his brother returned, and he seemed to be keeping alive only for that purpose. He looked like a Brahmarishi, sitting with eyes half-closed in deep meditation. Hanuman approached with all humility, for he realized that he was in the presence of a truly superior human being, one who had conquered his senses and who had no desire for worldly possessions. He said, O Prince, I bring you tidings of your brother Rama, for whose sake you have donned this garb, and for whose dear sake you have given up all thoughts of a happy normal life. He has sent me in advance to tell you that he will be arriving here very soon along with Lakshmana and Sita. For fourteen years, Bharata had been waiting for this moment, and when he got the news, he swooned with happiness for a few seconds. He embraced Hanuman and said, I don't know who you are, but you have brought me the happiest news I could ever hear, and so you are my best friend. Many, many years ago, my beloved brother went away to the forest, and all these years I have been waiting only for this moment. Tell me, how I should reward you. Hanuman's eyes filled with tears to see such devotion. He thought he was the one who loved Rama more than anyone else. But now it appeared that there were many who had the same adoration for Rama. Hanuman seated himself and gave Bharata all the details of Rama's life after leaving him. At last he said, 
He has come to the ashram of sage Bharadwaja and will be reaching here tomorrow. Bharata and Chatrukna made haste to prepare for Rama's arrival. The city of Ayodhya, which had been like a dead city all these days, suddenly blossomed to life. Once again, banners and streamers flew from the battlements. Musicians restrung their silent veenas. The trees burst into bloom and the streets were sprinkled with rose water and fried rice and decorated with auspicious signs. Once more the fountains started to play and the streams to run and the sounds of laughter and rejoicing floated in the air. Citizens donned their best clothes which had been locked away in their chests for 14 years and the whole city waited in anticipation for the arrival of her rightful lord. The royal path leading from Nandigrama to the city was decorated with auspicious patterns, traced with colored powder and sprinkled with rose water. Rama's sandals were kept on top of a caparisoned white elephant with the white umbrella of sovereignty held above it. Bharata and Shatrukna followed, accompanied by thousands of citizens. Just then the Pushpaga reached the sacred village of Nandigrama. It hovered for some time in the air so that Rama could point out the various landmarks to the excited Vanaras. There is Ayodhya, the city of my fathers, and citadel of the kings of the solar dynasty. There is the river Sarayu, which holds the land of Kosala in its embrace. And there is my dear brother, Bharata, who is saluting me from below. The vehicle landed gently, and the brothers rushed towards each other. They had been parted for fourteen years, and the reunion was tender and brought tears to the eyes of the Vanaras. Bharata took the sandals which were the virtual rulers of the state and placed them lovingly on his brother's holy feet and prostrated before him and said, I give you back the kingdom which was given to me to look after. It was a great burden on me, but I have guarded it carefully. Today my mother's name has been cleared and I have atoned for her sins. Please allow us to conduct the coronation which should have been taken place 14 years ago. Rama agreed and all the brothers shaved off their matted locks and had a ceremonial bath and dressed themselves in clothes befitting princes of the realm. Sita was dressed lovingly by Kausalya, Sumitra and Kaikeyi. Kausalya also kindly dressed the hair of the wives of the Vanaras who were highly delighted by this royal treatment. Sumantra brought the chariot and Rama and the others ascended and proceeded to the city. The citizens went mad with joy at seeing Rama. Sugriva was requested to reside in Rama's own palace along with his wives. He sent his people to all the oceans and rivers to collect water and golden pots for the approaching coronation. The ministers requested Vasishta to take charge of the coronation. Vasishta made Rama sit on the jewel throne of the Ikshvakus with Sita at his side. All the great sages poured the consecrated waters brought from all the sacred rivers and seas of the land in golden pots over Rama's head to the accompaniment of sacred Vedic chants. Shatrukna held the beautiful white umbrella over his head while Sugriva and Vibhishna stood on either side and waved the royal yak tail fans. There was joy and beauty everywhere. Rama gifted many cows and horses to deserving Brahmins. To Sugriva he gave a golden necklace and decorated the strong arms of Angada with bracelets. He gave Sita the precious pearl necklace sent by Indra as well as many other extraordinary gifts. He
He presented all the Bandras with many gifts. Only Hanuman was left out. Turning to Sita, he said, Why don't you give a gift to one who has all the qualities which you think a great hero should have? Like fidelity, truth, skill, courtesy, foresight and prowess, as well as a great intellect. Look around and present your necklace to such a one. Sita took out the precious necklace of pearls which Rama had given her, and without a moment's hesitation she put it on Hanuman. He looked at it carefully and smelt it and bit it and scratched it and put it to his nose and his ears, and then threw it off as being a worthless gift. Sita was amazed at this monkey-like behavior on the part of one whom she loved so much and who had done so much for her. She asked him to explain this act of his, and he replied, To me, the only thing worthy of respect is the name of Rama. If something does not have it, I feel it is worthless. I looked at the necklace to see if his name was written anywhere. Then I smelt it to see if his perfume was in it, and I bit it to see if it contained anything of his inside. But there was nothing. This is only an ordinary pearl necklace, and what use is such a thing to a monkey? My lady, I am, of course, proud that you have chosen me as a fitting recipient of the honor of get, getting a gift from you, but please forgive me for not wearing it. The audience was astounded by the statement and asked him, Hanuman, what about your own body? Does it have anything of Rama? So Hanuman asked Sugriva to keep his ears to his chest, and to his wonder, Sugriva heard the continuous chanting of Ram, Ram, Ram in his heart. As if to put an end to all dispute, it is said that this great devotee of Rama split his chest open, and to the astonishment of all, there was Rama enshrined within. Rama embraced him warmly and placed his blessed hands on the wound, which healed miraculously at his touch. The coronation was the glorious finale of the saga of Rama and Sita. There was no one in the whole of Ayodhya who had not been presented with some gift. Even the hunchback Mantara got a present. The whole day long, the people and the monkeys ate and drank to their heart's content. That night, for the first time in fourteen years, Lakshmana slept in the arms of his dear wife, Urmila. After a stay of a month, Sugriva and the others returned to Kishkinda and Vibhishana to Lanka. Hanuman, however, opted to stay on with Rama, for he could not bear to be parted from him. Rama offered the position of Yuvraj to Lakshmana, who refused the honor. So he crowned Bharata instead. Ramarajya, the rule of Rama, is famed over the whole world as being a glorious one. There was no disease or unhappiness, and no one died an untimely death. Wild animals did not trouble people, and there was plenty for all. The land flourished, and the people were happy, for they worshipped Rama as God incarnate. There was no avarice and no greed, for everyone had all that they could wish for. Thus ends the ninth canto called Return to Ayodhya of the Yuddhakanda in the glorious Ramayana of the sage Valmigi. Hari Om Tatsat. Vasishta says, When the notion of the self is destroyed by withdrawing the fuel of ideas from the mind, that which is left is the infinite. In it, knowledge, knower, and known exist as one from the yoga vasishta